the story of my life. No respect. That ain't got no respect at all. The story of my life. No respect. That ain't got no respect at all. They couldn't score and fell flat. And the 40 shots on goal was 40 shots on goal was a little deceiving. Yeah. And even though they had some really good opportunities, surprisingly, they need to play with that intensity. If those last three, four minutes, the Rangers sometimes don't play at their best level against lower-tier teams. Here's Johnny! Nope, this is Ranger Proud, the Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud, here on the Bleed Blue Show. What's going on, Steve? How's everything? I'm good, brother. How you doing, RP? You got Glenn with us. I think Scott's going to be joining us as well. Let's catch up on some Blue Shirts hockey. I uh, apologize late, uh, last week for the travel. Uh, well, you know, picking up with you guys up and through, I say, um, Christmas. And then we have a week off after Christmas and New Year's. But let's talk about these games, RP. Uh, I look forward to hearing what you guys have to say. Uh, I saw the entirety of the game in Dallas. Uh, I had to catch this, the the, uh, the New Jersey game on tape delay or you know or, or recording, but let, we'll talk about all that stuff. So uh, get everybody on. Uh, Glenn, what's up, man? How you doing? How's everything? Uh, everything is pretty good. Uh, getting ready for uh, the upcoming Thanksgiving holiday in a couple of days. Uh, um, it's uh, great to be on with you guys tonight. Since the, the NHL left us with uh, not one single game to watch tonight. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, it's unfortunate that we, uh, have the Dallas game fresh in our mind and not the, uh, devil game, uh, with the timing of the shows, but, uh, you know, we'll talk about the game last night, but what are you going to do? I mean, Dallas is a top five team and, uh, um, you know, they just kind of took over, uh, in the latter part of the second period, and the third period. And, uh, you know, that's going to happen against some of the other teams in the league. So I don't think it's anything to, uh, be too worried about. All right, cool. RP, let's talk about it. Where you want to like to go with it the last couple of games? I think the last time we discussed was the post game versus the Red Wings. And um, uh, it was a nice win versus the Devils, but um, giving up four unanswered in Dallas. So what are your thoughts on that? How that happened? Uh, whatever you want to go with that, man. Yeah, you know, Dallas game was, it was, that was the game, that was the kind of game that they were going to lose the streak, the point streak on. They were up to nothing. They were battling and all. And then, like we said, Dallas is a good team, and one goal turned into two, into three, and then they fell into the quicksand and found themselves where they uh, they couldn't make the comeback. Um, last night was the game where where the Mika Zambanajad problem was magnified. He was shooting wide. He was squeezing a stick hard. He wasn't making good passes. And you can see this uh, slump that he's in. It's finally catching up to him and, you know, winning masks, all that. So, yeah, Mika wasn't doing good, but the Rangers are you know, on a 10-game point streak. They won four in a row. They were playing very well, and you don't really see that. And then you see a game like yesterday when you really needed him, and it's just not there. And it's, it's something I wrote about today. And he needs to – the team needs to help him get going. The coaches need to put him in different spots maybe to help him re-energize. I mean, I think they're going to be fine. That they're a good hockey club. You're not, you know, right, Glenn. You're not going to win every game, but when you win, mm-hmm. when you get points in ten, and then you lose the game, it's all oh, a travesty. You're not going to win every game, and that's how you're going to lose after you've gone ten games with points. You're in a good shape, and then before you know it, behind the eight ball, they tried to battle, and things just didn't go their way. So, 
it is what it is. You know, they had a great game against New Jersey, played really solid, came back after being down a goal in the third period after they gave up two quick ones. And that's this one loss doesn't change the outlook that I have on them. They played very well. They're being coached very well. You're going to lose hockey games, and we never want to lose hockey games. So, but I, hey, Steve, tell me the truth. You would have rather have lost to Dallas last night than to lose to the Penguins tomorrow night, correct? Mm-hmm. That that would be correct. I, I would definitely <laughs> agree with that. Even though, and I, the Pittsburgh game is not even a gimme because how they beat the, the Golden Knights the other night. So that's oh, yeah. not a walk in the park. Hey, right now, that, so. was, that was a great that was a great story too, right? The the goalie. The goalie that uh, shut out the Golden Knights the night before was playing for Wilkes-Barre Penguins, and he scored an empty net goal at the end of the game. Then they call him up, and he shuts out the Golden Knights. So that's probably who we're going to end up battling against tomorrow. But we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But they're not playing bad. You just Sometimes you just lose a hockey game. They didn't play great. But, you know, last night was a game the power play didn't really stand out for us. They made a lot of little miscues. The coaches were trying to change lines up to get a jump, which was smart of them. Uh, a really stupid review call, I thought, by Lobby Lillette on that interference call, which wasn't there. I think he was grasping at straws, which then mm-hmm. gave Dallas another power play. But you want to know something? He gave it a shot, and you got to you got to like that he was being aggressive with it. So, cool, Glenn. What are your thoughts? And then I'll, I'll chime in. Yeah. Yeah, kind of to add on what you said, RP. I I, I would have rather lo- uh, uh, lost the Dallas game and not lost the uh, the Devil game. Uh, mm-hmm. Mind the Pittsburgh game tomorrow night. So uh, <laughs> you know, it's a mu- much more important division game. But uh, yeah, I mean, last night just kind of got away from them. It kind of you know snowballed. Um, you know, I kind of I shocked you guys a couple of weeks ago when I said uh, I thought they were going to go five and two in this seven game stretch, but. Uh, this this was the one that I was worried about because uh, I'm I'm real high on Dallas and uh, I'm hoping hopefully we can get Carl on in the next uh, couple of weeks to to give us a little more insight on that Dallas team because I think they're they're really good um, as far as last night you know the like you said the power play didn't uh, wasn't really humming uh, we uh, you know I I thought in the early part of the second period that it kind of went back and forth there were a couple of periods where the Rangers had some uh, 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 puck possession in the Dallasville zone for uh, a couple of shifts, and then you know Dallas kind of took over from there. But uh, you know, early in the third period, they had a couple of chances to make it three to one, and yeah. uh, Wedgewood came up big. And I think it could have made it three to one. It might have been a little different, but uh, you know, Wedgewood stood on the on his head a couple of times and uh, kept them in the game. And then you know, as you say, it kind of you know they had the two quick goals. Uh, uh, to go up three two, and then you had uh, that uh, the review that I I agree I don't think it was a uh, goalie interference either, uh, and that gave him a power play so that kind of takes you out of uh, a couple of minutes of trying to pick up more momentum and uh, you know it just kind of snowballed and got away from them so uh, again uh, you know Dallas is, is a top five team uh, and uh, you know that's going to happen against the good teams they had. Uh, in that unbeaten stretch that they had, there were a couple of games where, you know, they fell behind and they, they came back and, uh, you know, maybe got a couple of points that they didn't deserve to get. Uh, and, you you know, as we know, you can't keep playing that way. And uh, once they fell behind 4-2 uh, to two last night, 
uh, you kind of felt that there wasn't any comeback in the cards last night at all because Dallas is just, uh, you know, too good of a team. So, again, you know, you kind of shrug it off, move on, uh, you know, hope a couple of these things. You know, they're still, they're still with the record they've got with Mika having two goals and uh, Blake Wheeler has two goals and, and I think Kako has two goals. Um, and you worry a little bit because, you know, everybody is contributing. Obviously, Lafreniere is. And you got uh, uh, Panarin and, and Trocek are, are really kind of carrying this team in a lot of ways right now. And, uh, you know, you look to see guys like uh, Mika Wheeler and Kako, and uh, uh, when Fox comes back, uh, you know, kind of pick it up and they can uh, get going on another streak uh, like they had before. But, uh, you know, on, on the one hand, it's very encouraging that they have the record they have with guys like Mika and, and Kako not really contributing much. Uh, but on the other hand, you know, you worry about it a little bit, although we know Mika at some point is going to go on a stretch where he scores, you know, 15 goals in 13 games like he always does, and then we'll say, what were we worried about? And that's pretty much what I was going to say as far as uh, Zabinijad, somewhat of a slump, I guess, for his standards, but everybody else around him has kind of picked up, especially Artemi Panera. So it's almost like a team effort. When one guy is not doing as well, somebody else on the team is actually – doing more than what he's supposed to to make up for the the value of what Zabinijad usually brings. So that's why I'm not really necessarily worried about it. And I think it's more about Zabinijad will definitely come around. I'm not really necessarily worried about that. But it's like the Trocek. Like he's been very active in scoring and winning a gang of face-offs and power play goals like he had last night in the Jersey game. And, and if you go back, um, you know, Kako got – that's a guy I'm worried about. You know, we always talked about his top-line minutes. And he finally got on the scoreboard. I'm like, wow, we're on our way to another victory after his second goal or the goal to go make it 2 nothing. I'm like, okay, now we're really going to go on a win streak if he gets going. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm with you, RP. Um, if there was a game I want to lose, it's going to be a game that's a non-divisional game. Rebound against the Pittsburgh uh, Penguins and see how that goes. But yeah, I mean these guys would have been on eleven point game streak, right? And um, I'll even go back to the Columbus game. I thought that was the, the way we won that, of uh, the late goal in the third period and then, then finish it off in the old, uh, you know, you know after uh, you know the old team and all that. I just think uh, they've been on a nice little run, especially since the the five and zero West Coast trip. The game against Jersey, a game I did not see live, but I did see on you know the replay. I love the way they finished them off. Uh, Timmy Panero was big in that game. Um, there's really no necessarily big complaints out of me. Uh, I, even with blowing a two nothing lead and four un- unanswered goals, I'm still not. I, I'm not tripping. I'm not going to be tripping off of that. I, I think you know nothing's perfect. Uh, I can understand Rangers Twitter being antsy about it. But I think they've earned a little bit of pushback to the fans that they played well up until this point. And, and Glenn's right. Dallas is a, a very strong team. Pavelski looked like his old San Jose Shark days, Joe Pavelski. Uh, Tyler Seguin, Mason Marshman. Mason Marshman was the best star on the ice last night. Um, they played well. Carl was at that game, actually. I don't, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, if he's if he was calling in it or not, but he was at that game. But yeah, the Dallas Stars are a, a very good team in the Western Conference, and, and and especially over the last what several games, Detroit, Minnesota, uh, Columbus. The Columbus game was the way they won. Is really that really? I don't know. I, I, let me get ask you this, RB. Is like is this is this going to be that one team where they may not be doing as well, but they're just going to be a thorn in our asses because 
for a while, it seemed like that Columbus, they were really going to have until that very last minute in the third period. Well, what are your thoughts, RP, on Columbus game? And we could go back to the Jersey game, although that doesn't make up for the playoffs, but it's a nice sign that, you know, our team at Panera showed up against that team um, in the regular season. What are your thoughts? Yeah, Columbus might be that team, but I don't, you know, we don't play them that often, so it's not, it's not like, you know, the Islanders and the Flyers or someone that we see more often, but it, they quite possibly might be that team. But then again, we did come back and win so and, and get the points. So I'm not overly worried about that. I think right now the biggest concern is, is how is the staff going to get Zimbabwe's jump started? He, he, is known, he is known for early starts. I was looking back since he's come with the Rangers. And if you look up and down, his his first 15 games over the last few seasons, it's been, you know, five points, four points, seven points. Hasn't been glorious, but it hasn't been one. You know, <laughs> two. Uh, he has ten points now, but uh, he only has two goals. He has no five-on-five goals, which is very concerning. I think he's got a an overtime game winner and uh, and a power play goal or for a four goal or something like that. So uh, they need to really figure out how to get him going before the team gets to that point when they're starting to struggle and then. Zimbabwe, John, and Kreider are starting to struggle. All of a sudden, you're losing two, three games in a row, which they need to prevent from happening. I mean, I'm, I'm of a mind of the way Panarin and Lafreniere are playing right now. I mean, you can move Chocek to, to that top line with Kreider and either Kako or Wheeler, whoever's on the other side, and maybe put Zimbabwe on with Panarin and Lafreniere and see if they can get him going. You know, I, I think they need to move him away from Kreider for a little bit. Not that there's anything wrong. He just needs to skate with different people and, and try to find his game that everyone knows is there and get it going. So I, I wouldn't have a problem with that sort of move because right now, Panarin and Lafreniere are playing with so much confidence on the ice that I think they could help anybody find their game. So you might see that. Uh, the Rangers practice was canceled today, so we won't really know uh, – what they'll do to a morning skate tomorrow. I don't know if that'll be an optional skate or not, but we'll see in the morning and see what Laviolette has in mind for uh, tomorrow. You got a question for Glenn or myself, uh, RP? Mm. Okay, Glenn, you heard the rumor about Hedl having a concussion and being out for a while. When he yep. comes back, God willing, he does come back, does Trocek keep the second-line center, or do you go back to Heedle because he had it before the injury? It's been pretty much a topic that's been going around Twitter for a while. Well, I mean, I, I'll tell you a couple of things about that. I mean, first of all, I, I think the question really is if he comes back. Um, you know, uh, one of the guys that I used to uh, sit with at the games last night, you know, we were, we were talking about uh, guys like Michael Sauer and, and uh, uh, Lindros and, and Lindros's brother. Uh, who, uh, uh, you know, wound up, I mean, not so much Eric, but uh, his brother and, and, uh, and Michael Sauer having their careers cut short, short because of concussions. And, uh, you know, I've heard anywhere between this is his fourth or his fifth. Um, so before we even, you know, get to that point, um, you know, God willing, he comes back. But, I mean, I, I could see him not coming back for the rest of the year possibly, uh, if that's the case, especially since he's not even skating. Now, having said that, uh, if he does come back, 
I think it depends on how, you know, we're talking about moving some things around now. You're talking about maybe putting Mika between uh, uh, Panarin and Lafreniere because they're doing so well. Uh, but on the other hand, do you want to break up a good thing with Trocek there right now? Um, so, uh, you know, I mean, there's pros and cons for both ways. I, I understand, you know, feeling that that might uh, get Mika going. But in, in another way, I kind of feel like Mika's going to get going at some point. I mean, he's a typically mm-hmm. slow starter. Um, I remember the year, uh, uh, was it the COVID year? Was it uh, 2021? when I think he had like three goals in January and people were speculating had he had COVID early in the year and, you know, what's wrong with him and everything else. And I think he still wound up with like, like 39 goals or something like that. Uh, so I think Meek is going to come around. I'm not that worried about him. Um, but again, you know, Lafreniere La or uh, uh, Laviolette wants to try putting him between uh, bread and, and Lafreniere, I guess he could do that. I'm just reluctant to break up a good thing right now. Um, and I think that uh, if Heedle does come back, it'll depend on how, how the lines are playing. Um, but I don't think I would automatically give him his spot back on the second line. I think I would uh, maybe start him out on the third line. Uh, I know that might hinder his production a little bit, but, uh, you know, he, he wasn't uh, – I think he had like six assists or something, but he wasn't really producing what we were hoping uh, when he was healthy. So, uh, to me, um, I'd probably leave the top two lines the way they are. The, th- the thing I'm worried about, RP, and here's a question for you, are we starting to have, last, like we did last year, a right-wing problem? Um, you know, we, we've seen some of Blake Wheeler with Mika and Kreider. Uh, Kako wasn't really producing, so they kind of, you know, moved him down. Um, are we going to be looking at, you know, down the stretch here, another right wing issue like we did last year when they went out and got Tarasenko and uh, uh, and obviously Patrick Kane. I mean, I saw one rumor around which which may not be the worst thing is uh, uh, I believe uh, uh, you know somebody was saying about if uh, Ottawa doesn't uh, looks looks at toward the deadline like they may not be making the playoffs or or they're a borderline team or something uh, about maybe the possibility of, of reobtaining Tarasenko. Um, so do you think there's a problem to, to be worried about? Do you think that would be a good idea? And also the third thing I would say is Osman played right wing uh, down in the AHL. Would he be an option uh, a couple of months from now? What do you think about all that? Well, I, I think they've had a problem with the right wing since training camp when they were talking about moving Lafreniere over and uh, for a right. time they were putting Osman on there. So, I don't think that's gone away. I I was never thrilled with the Kaka on the top line, only because he just hasn't been producing, and he really still hasn't been producing. Yeah, he did score last night, but let's call it what it was. He went to put a yeah. buck in front of the net, and it deflected off the the star right. went in. I mean, we're glad he scored because he needed he needed that boost, but it wasn't a you know prime a scoring chance that he blasted the puck by. Um, Wheeler. Coming here wasn't going to be a, a top six player in my eye. Well, maybe not a top line player in my eye. So the answer is yes. They they have a right wing problem. They've had it for a while. Again, the winning has masked these problems. Yep. And it's not that it's a a huge problem now. It's only one loss yesterday, right? But you have to keep your eyes open to what might potentially be a bigger problem. So I would personally probably rather see them bring Offman up. 
instead of going after Tarasenko, I don't know where the salary cap will be by the time the trade deadline comes. Right. And I would really like right. them to solve the problem before March. Yeah. You know, yeah. writing that is going to be kind of tough because if, if Ottawa's anywhere in a wild card spot, they're not going to get rid of Tarasenko unless she's really struggling out there. Yeah, I mean, you know, they want to make the playoffs, whether it's a wild card or, or in the top three in the in the division and so forth. So I, I don't know if that is something that we could really consider now. Yeah, I would think if they continue to struggle, you know, you want to call Hoffman up. I think they'd be able to do it with the salary cap. I haven't I haven't looked at it because they've been saving a little bit of money with Fox off and with Tito both on injury reserve and long term injury reserve. So. It, it might be something they want to do. I know Hopkins been doing pretty well down there. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just biding his time, learning, you know, playing his games and all. So I, I would like to see that. I know, though, I don't think that would put too much pressure on him. We've talked about this before. Every other team brings in their top players and puts them up with the team's top players and sees what they have. The Rangers don't tend to do that, right? Like, they'll bring Hoffman up and keep him on the third line for a month. If you're going to bring him up to help improve the top line and put him on the top line, he's our number one draft pick, let's see what he can do. I don't think babying the player up is always the right way. Throw him right in there and see what he's capable of, see what he's, how he's built. He's, he's a player at, at every level is one. So he knows what he's doing, and I, you know, he's doing well in the AHL. So if they should call him up, I just say you throw him right up there with Meeker and, and Kreider. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. like when Kreider came his first time up years ago when, when he came up in the playoffs, they just threw him in right. there in the top six spot and said, go get him. And he was, that's what you need to do with these guys, you know. Mm-hmm. You, you look at Bedard. Yes, he's a great player for Chicago and number one overall, but they didn't be able to throw him right out there. Go get him. That, that's what you, you need. Same thing with Jack Hughes. That, that's what you right. – that's why you draft these guys. You draft them to play – to give them – the best possibility to be successful. That's not always on the third line. Give right. them a minute. Let them get their feet lit. Let them get hit a couple of times. Let them get into that game. And sometimes you'd be surprised what you get. But to answer your question, I would rather see Alton get called up. They absolutely have a right wing problem. I mean, if you look at it, who do they have? Kako Wheeler, Kako Wheeler, uh, Pitlick, and Lafreniere. Yeah. It's it's not <laughs> it's not like one of those scariest right wings <laughs> in the NHL. No. As no, a team, no. it, it's it's all been working together. So they've been successful, so it hasn't really been a problem. But if the Rangers, you know, all of a sudden start losing three out of four and, and slip slide here a little bit, things going to get magnified pretty quick, and it's going to be led with the right wing. It's going to be led with Mika not scoring a lot. You know, mm-hmm. it could also be said that Kreider's not scoring a lot, though he's been successful with the power play. Yep. You know, if you, you take the special teams part away, Kreider's not scoring a lot five on five. The team right. in general wasn't scoring a lot of five-on-five, five, but you, you know, Trocek, Lafreniere, and, and Panarin have been carrying the team through this whole streak, which is great, but you need those other guys to start producing, just to start getting better quality chances. Five-on-five five I'm talking about. The Rangers, is, they've scored, what, 13 power play goals in 16 games? Or is it 14? Yeah. I forgot if they scored on the power play last night. And they're doing well with that. But five-on-five five has been a struggle since the season started. If you go back and think about it, it's been a struggle through preseason. So they're going to have to fix that because teams will get smart. Mm-hmm. Teams aren't going to play as aggressive against the Rangers not to draw a penalty because they know five-on-five, five, they're just not that overpowering. 
So they're going to have to figure out what they want to do before this gets, you know, all of a sudden we're talking about losing streaks instead of winning streaks. Yep. Yep. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to go I, that I far. Of... With... Oh, go no, ahead. Guys, no, I was going to say, I'm not going to go that far with the 5-on-5. Five five. I'm not going to go that far with the 5-on-5. Five five. I thought they'd been okay holding serve. Like, the Jersey game, uh, as far as the scoring-wise, most of their goals, uh, there's only one power play goal in that game. That was by Panarin, right? I think in the uh, first period. But everything else was uh, even strength type of goals. And then if you go back to the game before that, it was even strength goals in that game, mostly by Lafreniere. Uh, um, and, then, and the funny thing about that, I think Scott was at that game at the Garden, and Lafayette was nominated for the Hart Trophy on that I, that in that particular game, <laughs> as well as he played according to Scott. But no, I think that, that even Strim has been pretty high. You know, I'm not gonna, you know, it hasn't been, you know, dominant. And I think RP, you said it perfectly. When you're winning, your 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 issues, no matter what sport, no matter what team, the issues could be kind of covered up temporarily. Yeah, and you're, you guys are absolutely correct with the right wing situation. This is something we kind of said with Colin Stevenson right before the season about this and yep. about what was the – we talked about that. We were all on the line. And then also um, you got to have Kako at, at the top line. I mean, this is the why he's a top draft pick. You can't put him in the second or third line and, and, and not really grant him an opportunity. So if he fails, it's because it's him. Um, and, and I kind of said the same – well, I would say the same thing. But I said something similar about the Blake Wheeler signing, you know, after, you know, Kane's not back and uh, uh, Tarasenko wasn't back. I just I, – I, it, playing in Winnipeg is one thing. And, and, and you're used to a, a certain core of guys like Mark Sheffley and, you're, and, and Nikolai Ellers. I mean, these are guys he's familiar with. And it's totally different playing in – you know, home games for the uh, for the New York Rangers at the Garden. I, it, it just it, it seems like it's the case in almost any, all the sports. Like playing somewhere in the middle of the country, or you know, in this case, Winnipeg, in the Midwest. If, if you line it up, it, it's not the same. It's a lot of pressure playing at that home ice, and not a lot of play, people are built for that. And not, and not, I'm not saying Blake Wheeler isn't because he's always been a very fine player. His Boston days, his Thrasher days with the Atlanta before they moved to Winnipeg. I, some guys just they just don't adjust right now. I know it's still kind of early, but um, yeah, the, the answer to your question, uh, Glenn. Yeah, right wing problem, absolutely. <laughs> but just because we're winning, it's kind of been masked up a little yeah, bit. Of course. Uh, yep. So yeah, I, I, and then if I, I'm kind of with RP with the Ottman situation, let's look internally first before putting a little bit of debt in that cap or salary cap. Uh, if there's a, a Tyler Mott situation where you have a player from a previous season and you go back and go get him in, via trade, and then that might be an option with Tarasenko because I thought he was quite comfortable. The Rangers situation uh-huh. last year we all know where they didn't necessarily have anything to play for, for like two months or it seemed like three months where they were stuck in their position. Uh, you know, they couldn't go up more and they couldn't really go that bad unless they really left the bottom fell out. They were just doing just enough to stay where they were. So this season, they're also a fast start. Let's clean up the right wing position as far as the cockle just got to play better. It really starts with him. And Blake Wheeler, yeah. uh, you know, I, I don't expect him to be prime Blake Wheeler, but, you know, outside of an empty net goal versus Jersey, I mean, you, you kind of wanted to see him at least a couple of more goals at this point this far. But, yeah, there, yeah. there is a right wing. There's, there's no doubt about it, guys. 
Well, well, I think you know. I think when you guys would agree that when uh, Drury obtained uh, Wheeler, that we were looking at him more as in a, a middle six role, and not really on the first line. I mean, obviously, if there were some injury problems, right. you know, you could kind of plug him in there for a while. But you know, I was seeing him more as a second or a third line guy, especially on the third line. Maybe create a little more offense, a little hitting, you know, on on a third line uh, uh, scenario, but. Uh, for me right now, I mean, I think you got to put just keep throwing Kako out there on the first line and hope things start to gel because you're not going to move him down to the second line with the way Lafreniere is playing. So by default, then you're putting him on the third line where you're kind of putting him in a in a different role and in a, a different amount of ice time and not really what we want to do with him again, you know. Uh, I mean, you want to see what he can do. Uh, I think with uh, Zabanajad and Kreider. So for me, I mean, till you know, maybe Christmas or New Year's, I would just keep plugging him out there on the first line and, uh, you know, hope things begin to uh, come together for that line because I don't know what else you would you would do with him. And I, uh, I think that, uh, uh, you know, Wheeler, although I do think, you know, he still has something in the tank. I just think between, you know, maybe coming to the Rangers after so many years in Winnipeg and adjusting and, and everything else, and, and and I think I had heard him kind of mention that he's generally a, a slow starter as well, uh, that, um, you know, if, if you can move him down to the third line, um, I think that's, you know, the optimal lineup that you would like to have um, because, I mean, right, right now at this point, I'll be honest with you, from what I've seen with, uh, with Kako and, I mean, Blake Wheeler, I worry about him keeping up with Mika and, and, Kreider's speed um you know once they get in the zone and they're four checking and they're they're playing they're fine but uh I, I think it would be better to have someone with a little more speed on that line uh than uh Blake Wheeler um and to be honest with you the way he's been playing the last few games uh I mean Jimmy Vesey thinks he's Connor McDavid I, I'd almost rather see Jimmy Vesey on that first line with uh Mika and Kreider which they've done before uh, which they did before last year, and and I just kept saying you're not winning the Stanley Cup with Jimmy Vesey on the first line. But um, you know, from what I've seen from him, and uh, what I've seen from Kako and, and Blake Wheeler, uh, if if Laviolette is gonna put somebody else on that first line, I'd almost like to see uh, uh, Vesey out there. I don't know what you guys think. Um, before we go to RP, let me go back to one the answer to the other question. I didn't get the chance to answer. Go to RP. When Hedo gets back through the concussion, it's the same answer we're giving Kako, um, as well as Trocha has been playing. I think he's veteran enough to go down in the line. So yeah, I will. Hedo needs minutes, just like Kako needs minutes. Um, I think we're doing a good job with the points thus far this season. So maybe getting him back into the line and implementing him after his injury or with the concussion, I would like to see him give a better chance. Uh, to, you know, be at that spot like how we're, what we're saying about Capocago. Go ahead, RP, or okay. anything else you'd like to add. Okay. Oh, if he's not there, I'll jump in. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I just made your point about Heedle. You want to give him the ice time. You want to give him the opportunities. I think it depends on what's going on at the time uh, when he comes back. If, if uh, you know, uh, Trocek and, and – uh, uh, Panarin have kind of, you know, slowed down a little bit. Um, and that was kind of tried last year and kind of decided that it wasn't really working. 
so it's possible that uh, you know they can start slowing down. And if that's the case, then yeah, okay, put Heedel back uh, on that first line, on the second line uh, center, and, and move Trocheck down, which uh, you know Trocheck would be fine with. That wouldn't be a problem for him. Uh, but uh, I think I think that depends on when he comes back. Um, you know, and it, it sounds like that's still going to be a ways away. If he does, I mean, we're probably not going to see him. I'd be surprised with what I'm hearing now if we see him before January. So um, I think a lot of that depends, Steve. Uh, you've got valid points about wanting to give Heedle the ice time. He 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 thrives on that, um, and you wouldn't necessarily want to saddle him more on the third line. I, I totally agree with you, uh, but I think it depends, you know, how that second line is is going at the time when he comes back. Okay, cool. Yeah. cool. RP, are you back with us? You there? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was on mute. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I'm, it happens. <laughs> I, I'm pretty un, un, unwilling with the Jimmy VC experiment on the first line again. It, it's only a band-aid for a couple of games. Right. And, you know, the other thing, and people are going to think I'm crazy, this is Kako's fifth year in the NHL. Granted, it's his third different coach. He's had the same issues with all three coaches. Yep. You know, and I hate to say it, and, and I've been watching hockey a long time, like, you know, Glenn and, and Steve has. Sometimes picks just don't live up to their potential and their expectations. And to me, Kaka was kind of flirting with that. Mm-hmm. I know he was the second overall pick in the first round, and it was high expectations. Unfortunately, it, it just may not happen. And people don't want to hear that. But we mm-hmm. didn't, we've seen worse draft picks in the first round than what this is. And I'm not saying that he's a bust. I'm not saying that he's a horrible player, but Kako may not be a top six forward player. Yeah, and yeah. It's something that I think people are going to have to start to look at, and it's tough for the Rangers because, again, he's a right winger. We'll wear short on right wings, and we're struggling and all of that. But, uh, you know, there's got to be a point. Uh, there's got to be a time when you draw a, sand, uh, a line in the sand and, and, and then decide, is this going to happen or is this not going to happen? You know, I, I don't know where else they can turn, Whoops. but you know, we keep saying he needs more minutes, he needs more playing time, he needs this and that. Yes, it's only 16 games or 15 games on the top line with with the struggling Zimbabwean and Kreider, but but he's not doing anything to keep himself up there. I mean, last night Laviolette did put him back up on the top line, excuse me, and try to get and, and move Wheeler off it, but at that point he was trying to find anything to to stop the bleeding. Yep. You know, but I'm I'm at the point now when it's like, you know, if we go to January or February like this, and, you know, last year was his career year with 18 goals. Other than that, the most he had in the NHL is 10. And granted, everyone's going to say, oh, but he didn't get the ice time. But, you know, I saw him play on the kid line plenty with a lot of opportunities, and he does drive to the net. He just doesn't seem to be able to finish yeah. when he gets the scoring opportunity. You know, when he's coming mm-hmm. down the right side and he – and he cuts to the net. He's a bull. He's got a lot of power, a lot of strength, but he, he doesn't have that finishing touch that he had when he played before he came to the NHL. And that just yep. may be the player that he is, and, and fans and, and reporters and all just don't want to accept that. But I think you're getting to that point of seeing where he is. You know, we said the same thing about Lafreniere at the beginning in preseason, right? We all talked about it. This had to be Kako and Lafreniere's year to show – what they're made of, or they, someone might get moved. Kako might be the one that gets moved, because Lafreniere, even when he's not scoring, playing with Panarin, he's involved in every play. You yeah. hear his name all the time. It was never like that the last couple of seasons, right? Even when he was on the kid line, it wasn't like yep. that. 
Now you hear his name all the time. He's driving to the net. He's making great passes. He's taking shots from wherever he can, which is what you want to see. I don't see that same confidence in Kako. Yeah. And you're playing with Mika Zimbanejad and Chris Kreider. I mean, these guys, yeah, they may not be playing great hockey right now, but they're great hockey players. So you have to find a way to make your game, to step up your game, and I just don't, I haven't seen that. It's not to say that it's not there, but somewhere, sometime, Hoffman's got to be looking, and, and they got to be looking over their shoulder going, eventually they're going to call this guy up, especially if things turn the other way. It, it's inevitable. We, we discussed it and talked about he's going to buy this time in the NHL because he does things the right way. And when they call him up, he's going to be ready to go. He, he's not going to go back down if he gets called up, unless it's because of an injury, yeah. you know, and then, and then that spot. So I, I just think, yes, keep giving Kako the chances, keep getting him the minutes, but it's all up to him to produce. And I don't care if it's goals mm-hmm. or assists. You know something? If he comes up in the next five games, gets three assists, five assists, and the Rangers got three or five goals, well, then they're doing something right. But it, it just doesn't. I don't see that fire, and it's not from a lack of effort. It's just not there. Yeah. You know, I think I think that with Kako that, uh, uh, and and I agree with you. Uh, Ranger fans might have to just, uh, you know, come to the conclusion that he's a third line grinder kind of guy, and he's not, uh, you know, what you'd typically see of a of a second uh, player picked in the draft. And I think that you know, I go back to thinking about that that uh, goal that he uh, scored in the world juniors where he was kind of skating around and nobody could touch him and couldn't get to the puck. And then he scored mm-hmm. on it and everybody's like, Oh man, look at this guy. He's a, he's a sniper. I mean, people are, you know, talking about Matt Sundin and, and, you know, that kind of a guy. And, uh, you know, it, you're right. It just hasn't translated into the, uh, into the NHL. And that's why I think with this being his fifth year, his third coach, uh, I think that's why I said, you know, just keep plugging him out there until New Year's. Um, and at that point, it's a half a season. And I think if this team has real aspirations of winning the Cup, then they're going to have to look elsewhere. Um, like you say, if he if he starts getting assists, if he gets three, four, five assists, you know, well, well that means that, that Mika and Kreider are scoring. So that's a good thing. But, uh, you know, if he's not producing any points and he and he's actually – maybe holding them back a little bit. I think by January, you, you got to say, this isn't working. We got to find a more, uh, a more permanent solution uh, and not wait till the trade deadline. So, uh, you know, like we said, this was a year for the two of them, uh, Lafreniere and Kako to, to really show what they've got is kind of make or break. And, and I agree. Lafreniere uh, took that challenge and uh, he's been playing great pretty much the whole season. And uh, I'm disappointed that we haven't seen the same head of Capo Caco. Yeah, that's a, those are fair and reasonable points. I couldn't even give you any good pushback to, towards that. He's just got to produce. And uh, we've, been, we've already been down the road with him as far as um, – he's we've already been down that road with him um, as far as the production with the kid line and then also now at the top line to really produce. And it's kind of almost uh, hand-in-hand with what we're talking about with Benajah Slump, whether he's scoring goals or uh, lack of assists toward his uh, left or right wingers. But uh, maybe they're just not compatible – on the on the top line, and we kind of know where the Zibanejad value is 
since the stint, uh, well, his trade with the Ottawa Senators. So it's kind of like Kako, you got to show and prove. Um, and if they're looking at him as some a guy that's more in the the middle, you know, you know, in the middle six, in the second or third lines, and they feel like they need to upgrade that position to go for a championship. I mean, you're right now a team who has really jumped off to a very good start of this season. I think they got to look at it kind of like last year, go all in with veteran right wingers that they could put them over the top. And it's a, it's a business, and we all get it as fans. Well, most of us should get it as fans, right, Glenn? <laughs> we, we, most of us yeah. get it that you, have, you haven't won since 1994. It's almost been 20 years. No, more than is it twenty years? 30, no, it's thirty years. Thirty at this point. <laughs> you got to carry the one at this point. <laughs> all right. So, um, goodness gracious, yeah, you got to go, man. You got to go all in with this hot start. You have to go in right away with Sturkin and Jonathan Quick. Hopefully, they stay healthy. Um, yeah, it's the same right wing problem, and then also, um, you know, how I feel about Trocheck. I, I, I think. The way I look at him, his his career with the Panthers and Hurricanes, I think he's going to be a guy. He's going to do what they need him to do. He has a very important element, and that's win faceoffs, and mm-hmm. that is a weapon you need uh, in in this league in general. Like we that's something we struggled with for years, and and he he's fitting the bill. And he if you you put a tally to his name of why you put him ahead of Hedl, you know. I hate to say that play, you know, it's almost the same thing we say on the other shows like the Knicks, like, oh, man, play the kids, play the kids. Hey, listen, man, Hedo is the type of guy I think he will produce once he has more time to produce, kind of like other players on other teams and other sports. And we're given the benefit of the doubt with Capo Calco. He's just got to do it. Like, because I would yep. like, I would rather have that and say we gave him every chance in the world than then play the politics game of, well, you know, we're going to put this guy at right wing and, and uh, we'll match you up somewhere down in the line and maybe reunite the kid in line. Who knows? I mean, you know, I think Lafayette is not as stringent when it comes to that like he, like Gallant was. Um, yeah, this is about fine-tuning, guys. I think we already know that. That's the reason why we're having the conversation tonight. This is about fine-tuning, meaning this is, okay, we're doing well. We're just trying to tweak some things or get things better where it needs to be. Is it Benajad and, and uh, 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 Capacaco, uh, Hito when he gets back, uh, Adam Fox when he gets back as well, you know, get him back into the lineup and get him acclimated. Sure. Um, so, yeah, man, um, RP, I want to go back, back because Pittsburgh – at the start of November has, I mean, they had lost like the last one or two after, you know, you know, they won the Vegas game the other night or back on Sunday, but they had a very good November. How do you look at this as far as the finishing off this road trip in Pennsylvania, man? Um, Pittsburgh, I mean, this is the one we kind of want, right? It's a, a rivalry game. Um, you know, I could, I, I, you know, I could understand losing or taking the L to Dallas, but I want the Pittsburgh game for sure. What are your thoughts? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, we we definitely want the Pittsburgh game. We 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 don't like the Penguins. Um, you know, they're six and four in the last ten. They they've been playing fair hockey. They're what are they eight and nine on? Excuse me, nine and eight on the season with eighteen points. They're fifth in the division. Um, a winnable game, but always a hard game. Malkin always plays us hard. With Tang always plays us hard. Carson's there now. Of course, Sid the kids there. He's been scoring at a pretty good clip. So it, it, 
not not going to be an easy game by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I am curious to see who he starts tomorrow. If he's going to go with Quick here on, on one of these few games coming up, or what what his thinking on is the Rangers after the Penguin game they they do play on Friday, correct? Yeah, they, Friday they afternoon against they, Philly. They get the Friday mm-hmm. afternoon game, so. You, you got to figure Chester is going to play one against the one either the Penguins or the Flyers and quit the other one. So always always a tough battle. It doesn't matter what, what the records are. It's, it's like any other divisional game. They they're always hard and intense. And Malkin always gives us fits. Latang always gives us fits. So I just want to see the Rangers bounce back. Strong game. Um, you won't get caught in that you know two three game losing streak, and then try to figure out what's going on. And, you know, I'm not sure who's playing that for the Penguins. It might be the kid that had the big weekend a little while ago. But we'll just have to see, you know, what, what they bring in and what the team shows up. Right now, I expect Trocek's line to be going balls to the wall, as always. And somewhere along the line, Mika's going to start scoring, like we've been saying. Why not against the Penguins, right? So, yep. mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you know, what's great about this entire division is the Rangers can win any game. The, the other teams are saying that, too. There's no really slouches. I mean, you would think Columbus is a slouch, but they've been giving us <laughs> a little bit of uh, a little bit of a tough time. But, we, you know, the Rangers are going to play the Penguins, and we got the Flyers on Friday, and the Flyers are playing great hockey. They're 10-7. and seven. They're on a five-game winning streak as of tonight. We always say this is one of the toughest divisions in hockey. It's, it's going to be close all the way down to the wire, and, and the points are showing that already. So... It's a it's a battle in front. There are some surprises, but uh, I'm looking forward to the Rangers putting out you know these three games, put a, a nice little win streak together, and get things going back in the right direction, and things will just shake out the way they're supposed to. Uh, I have a question for you before we go to Glenn, and Glenn can answer the question. So let me ask you this, RP, because uh, since the start of the uh, the Carolina game, where they defensively they were very good until Adam Fox went out, of course, in that game, right? But um, are you concerned that if the Rangers scoring is going to keep up with the goals allowed, uh, they gave up like um, five against Minnesota in the first one. And, and then the other games has been three goals, three goals, three goals, six versus Dallas. Do you think the scoring is going to up, keep up with the goals against or the defense is going to clean up? Or what are your thoughts on Glenn can answer that too? You know, I, I think a lot of it has to do that Fox is not on the lineup. I personally am not a big fan of, the Schneider-Jones combo, but you have to have that that pairing. Um, they've been out there for some tough goals against and all. I, I think once you get, you know, you can't replace Adam Fox. Just to be realistic about it. But I, I think once they get back and you get back to Fox, Lindgren, and Truba Miller, and, and even Gustav has been playing so, so well on the power play and, and overall, and him back with, with uh, Schneider, you'll, you'll see the defense tighten up. I don't think the goalies have been playing bad. I think just starting when he came back, you know, he was injured. What, what did he miss? Ten games, or eight games, whatever it was. So you're seeing a little bit of rust in him to, to come back, you know, after the five-day layoff and, and all that didn't help. So I, I think it'll even out. I think it will get better. But I also think they shouldn't have to rush Adam Fox back. The, the, the defensive core is playing well enough for the team to win games. I, I, you know, it, it's two sides, right? the Rangers are going to need to keep the scoring up. They need to keep finding their five-on-five, as we've been talking about. They need to keep being the top three power play unit in the league. And with that, you'll 
get wins with that. You, you'll see that evening out. But until Fox comes back, they're just going to have to find a way to, uh, to hold the fort down a little bit. But I think they're up to the challenge. I don't think it's a, uh, a negative thing, you know, with the Braden and Jones. I just think it will, of course, a better defensive club when you have Adam Fox back there. But let's be honest, guys. Gustafson has played very, very well. I mean, he's looked. If you needed someone to step up, they found that guy in Gustafson. He 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 turned out to be the best signing draw he's made. Mm-hmm. So I I think with that, you're giving up a lot of goals because right now there's a lot of scoring in the league all around. It just seems to be more offensive. They're calling more penalties early in the season. You're seeing a lot of goals scored, a lot of crazy games. So it's part for the cost in my eye right now. Okay, cool. Glenn, your thoughts? If you want to answer that as far as what I asked, uh, if you want me to repeat it, it's cool. If not, uh, is there anything else you'd like to add? And then we'll go on for final thoughts after that. Yeah, well, I'll talk to RPs, but what did you want uh, me to answer, Steve? What were you talking about? Yeah, yeah. since the Carolina game, um, oh. even though we've kind of been holding for winning games, you know, the goal, you know, last night gave up six to Dallas, but, you know, several, you know, threes, 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 it seems. Do you think the goals are going to keep up with the goals allowed, or do you, right. do you think it's going to come back down? Irv, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I, yeah, I think they do. I think the point that RP made was, uh, you know, when Fox comes back, and, and I absolutely would not – rush him back. I might give him an extra game or two to make sure because it's not like this team is, you know, falling five, six, seven points out of a playoff spot. And, you know, you don't want to fall deeper into a hole. There's a lot of good teams at the conference. It's not like that. So I think you want to be very careful with Fox because this Laviolette is looking at this team long-term. I mean, he's Laviolette was looking toward April in August. So, um, I think with the position that they're in, with, with the pad that they've uh, created for themselves, I think you've got the luxury of, you know, making sure these guys, if Hedo comes back, when Fox comes back, uh, that these guys are, are ready to really ready to go uh, and aren't going to uh, take a risk of being re-injured. Um, I think with, uh, uh, you know, when Fox comes back, we talked about how that disrupts two of the three defensive pairs. So I think when Fox comes back, that everybody's back where they're supposed to be. You know, we got uh, Schneider back playing with Gustafson, which was a good pair. Uh, and then Fox, obviously, and Lindgren, we know about them. Um, Truba and Keandre intact. Um, and, and I think that will help, uh, you know, the team long term. Uh, I also think Fox is going to help uh, with the scoring because, um, you know, like we said, we know Mika's going to come around. So I, I think the scoring is going to pick up. Um, and, you know, Fox, especially on the power play, but even five on five, um, I mean, Fox is looking for Kreider a lot. Um, and, and that element has been missing uh, with Kreider being able to uh, perform his magic with, uh, you know, tip-ins and, and stuff like that. A lot of those come off of shots from Fox. So uh, I think that's going to get Kreider going a little bit too. So I think the uh, the scoring – uh, we'll be able to keep up, and not only that, just also pick up uh, once Fox comes back. I think he's key to a lot of things, uh, just like Brian Leach was 30 years ago. Uh, the, the stars that were on that team, but, you know, Leach was probably the one guy that they really couldn't afford to do without for, for a long period of time. So, um, you know, I think we're going to see the scoring pick up 
um, as as they go on. Um, as far as the goaltending, you're right. I mean, if you look around the league, other than, you know, a few instances where guys have uh, goals against that are under two, uh, it's a handful of guys. But if you look around, uh, save percentages are down, goals against are up. Uh, it's amazing how many games you see uh, where the goals against is, is – uh, not just sub 900, but, you know, 865 or 854 or, you know, I mean, the same percentages are down, go, uh, uh, goals against are up. There is more scoring going on in the league. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, I don't think Igor has been bad. Uh, I don't think Igor has been Superman like he was a couple of years ago. He's let a couple in that, uh, you know, might not have gone in a couple of years ago, but, you know, he is human, and, you know, that's kind of uh, what's going on in the league right now. Um, I think uh, Quick has given you what you want to get from a backup. Uh, so I've, my confidence in him has, has grown as the season has gone on. Going on. Um, and uh, while we may never see the Igor of two years ago, uh, I still think, you know, he's a top five goalie in the league, top six goalie in the league. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of teams that can't boast that. So, uh, you know, going forward, I'm, I'm very optimistic with what the record is now, considering, you know, Fox being out so long, Mika not scoring. Um, you know, I'm optimistic that things are just going to get better. So, yeah, to answer your question, I, I, I think that the scoring is going to keep up and, and actually pick up as we go along. Hey, you can take us your final thoughts real quick, and then I'll go find final thoughts, and then RP can close this out. Any final thoughts, uh, Glenn? Um. Yeah, you know, my well, I got two final thoughts. One quick aside. I don't know if you guys both saw. I'm sure, Steve, you probably did uh, the post that Scott put up on Facebook with uh, uh, Capo Caco on the milk container. Uh, you know, have you seen and offering a reward? Uh, so uh, I guess he has a new whipping boy now that Lafreniere is playing well. And uh, since uh, the, the guys that he usually puts in the doghouse, uh, Kreider and and then Lafreniere after him. I hope he has the same results with uh, with Kako. Um, but uh, yeah, just just as an aside, I, I think you know what we're seeing here is there's there's a lot of competition in the Eastern Conference. There's a lot of teams that are within striking difference, and you, you really kind of don't know how this is all going to shake out. This may uh, uh, it, it, things may uh, shake up a little bit. That old uh, proverb of teams that are in the playoffs at Thanksgiving are the teams that make the playoffs because um, I think there's still a lot of parity in the uh, in the Eastern Conference but the Western Conference seems to kind of uh, becoming a, a group of haves and have-nots and um, uh, I, I think that you can look at the Western Conference and, and pretty much say you know who's going to make the playoffs uh, for the most part maybe there's a team or two that might uh, switch over from another team but uh, I think it's interesting how the league is uh, seems to be uh, very strong and a lot of parity in the Eastern Conference and, and not so much in the Western Conference. All right, cool. Shout-out to Glenn, man. Thank you very much. Uh, my final thoughts, um, you know, let's close up the road trip. Uh, I would, you know, I could see a split whether Philadelphia gets one out of us or, or, or Pittsburgh, but uh, that would be great if we could get a point in both, maybe an overtime, at least an overtime loss. But if we get four points between the two um, uh, Pennsylvania teams uh, before and after Thanksgiving, that would be great to, uh, to finish off this road trip. Um, also, uh, you know, I'll give it time with Zabinijad to um, come around. I think he's shown and proved to do that. Um, yeah, it's really about the guys we've been kind of talking about for the good 
part of 35 minutes in Capocaco. It's time to produce, man. I know it's like early on in the season and we're doing well, but it's an issue and it has to be uh, resolved and something we discussed last year. We had this issue at the right wing. But um, RP, I'll pass the mic off to you. It's good to talk with you guys. Uh, uh, this talking hockey uh, since the last week uh, due to travel, but uh, RP could close us out and also anything else like you know promote and all that here on the Ring Podcast for Ranger Proud Holiday episode number one. Yeah, I guess my my final thoughts is just one game at a time. Keep out of the, keep the L's low as possible. Keep playing their game. You know, Mika will come around. Kreider will start scoring more, and, and it's all in Kako's hands right now. If he wants to stay where he's at, he's got to find a way to start producing. Um, it'd be nice to see Hedl to get some reports that he's skating and all. It's, uh, I guess it's a worse situation than uh, people believe or people wanted to report. So we're just going to have to ride that one out. Adam Fox did make the trip, which is always good. He's skating on his own. He's back with the team. So not sure when, but at least he's trending in the right direction to make a return. Uh, follow me on Empire Sports Media. And on my new platform, I'm fighting, writing for Inside the Rink. Keep getting as much range of stuff as I can out there. Uh, wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving and holiday weekend and all. And we will talk to you next week. We sure will. All right, guys. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Glenn, RP, Steve. Here, the Ring Podcast on the Bleed Blue Show with Ranger Pro. Bleed Blue. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Blee blue, blee blue, blee blue, blee blue, blee blue, blee blue, blee blue.